Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 13th of November, the 317th day of 2023, meaning we're 48 days shy of 2024. We're reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in Honors 211 right now, the third semester of the Civilization Sequence, as those of us teaching the course have been succeeding modestly in our attempts over the years to increase the number of women writers in the curriculum. Mary Shelley's mother, Mary Wollstonecraft, has been part of the canon now for a while with her insightful work, A Vindication of the Rights of Woman, in which she has no qualms early on pointing out that any institution involving a system of hierarchy will be prone to moral corruption. Read enough, and one might suppose that strong women have always been in vogue for their determination to remind us not to underestimate them. They are everywhere, and alas, sometimes so briefly. Our friend Kitty Cook, for example, left us a few weeks back only in her early 70s. Employed for years as a social worker in Bangor, Kitty Cook was also an impressive equestrian, whose favorite horse Spanky lived to be over 30 years old. Kitty and I met because she practiced Aikido as a Nidon, a second-degree black belt, at the Bangor YWCA in the early aughts. Her initial training was the best. Having studied with Yamada at the Hombu Dojo in Japan, the original Aikido Dojo set up by the founder, O-Sensei, Morahai Ushiba. Kitty was slight of build and patient, but woe to anyone regardless of size who had intentions she deemed unworthy. This past week in the Bangor Daily News, Obit's Jean d'Arc Cormier appeared. Born in Van Buren, Maine, 97 years ago, Jean d'Arc became a master seamstress, a farmer, and a painter, a dedicated wife, a fabulous cook, a life member of the Daughters of Isabella, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother. Learning about Maine's own Jeanne d'Arc reminded me of Linda McCarriston's poem, Le Coursier de Jeanne d'Arc, about the Percheron who Jeanne rode into and out of many of her adventures. The poem is so sad I cannot quote from it today, but instead only highly recommend that everyone read it to gain some additional insight into the strength and courage of the maid of Orléans, Jeanne d'Arc, the namesake of Maine's own Jeanne d'Arc. Again, Le Coursier de Jeanne d'Arc by Linda McCarriston. Heavenward rising in the eastern sky evenings this week is the constellation Orion the Hunter, with three medium-bright stars forming Orion's belt vertically about midway between the quite bright stars Betelgeuse to the left and Rigel to the right. Today we'll also have our new moon for November, its ever-so-thin waxing crescent beginning tomorrow. Today in 1789, American Benjamin Franklin wrote, Nothing is certain but death and taxes. Today in 1902, Polish-British novelist Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness was first published. Today in 1931, Hattie Carraway, a Democrat from Arkansas, was elected as the first U.S. woman senator. Today in 1940, Walt Disney's Fantasia premiered in New York City. Today in 1956, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled race separation in buses in Alabama was unconstitutional. 
Today in 1963, the stage play adapted from Ken Kesey's novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest opened in New York City and starred, among others, Kirk Douglas and Gene Wilder. Today in 1982, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial opened in Washington, D.C., featuring the names of 58,000 U.S. soldiers killed or missing in the Vietnam War. Today in 1986, U.S. President Reagan confessed weapons sales to Iran. Today in 1987, Sonny and Cher performed together for the final time, ironically singing I Got You, Babe, on Late Night with David Leverman. Today in 1955 in New York City, Whoopi Goldberg was born Corinne Johnson to Robert and Emma Johnson. Corinne's father left the family and her mother worked as a nurse and a Head Start program teacher while raising her children in a public housing project in Manhattan's Chelsea section. Corinne's mother encouraged the young girl to become cultured, saying, Get on the bus. Go to hear the Leonard Bernstein concert. Go to see the children's ballet. Go to the museum which led to her early learning to love the arts and performing by age eight in children's theater. Young Corinne, however, did not fare well in school, with her dyslexia complicating the issue, along with her teachers misdiagnosing her as retarded, after which she was shunted into inappropriate classes, eventually dropping out as a teenager and becoming a heroin addict. Later, she would advise kids who use drugs, save the money and just kill yourself, because that's what you're doing anyway. The counselor who helped her kick addiction became her husband. Subsequently, Corinne returned to acting, snagging chorus line parts in Broadway shows such as Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, and Pippin. She had a daughter, became divorced, accepted a friend's ticket to California, and settled in San Diego where she worked as a bricklayer, a bank teller, and a hairdresser after attending beauty school, which served her well as a makeup artist as a, at a funeral parlor. She became known for her tenacity and her good heart. Gathering up junkies in the street and doing their hair, recalls a friend, just to get them off the street for a day. She became a founding member of the San Diego Repertory Theater, where she was given the name Whoopi Cushion, because she says, I was very flatulent. She finally settled on the name Whoopi Goldberg, believing some Goldbergs were somewhere in her family tree. With her new name, she teamed up with comic Don Victor, who did not show up to an important San Francisco gig, and Whoopi had to go on alone. The audience loved her, and she became a comedy star. Today is also the birthday in 354 of North African theologian St. Augustine of Hippo, in 1312 of the militarily successful King of England Edward III, in 1718 of the 4th Earl of Sandwich, British statesman John Montague, who claimed to have invented the sandwich, and in 1732 of U.S. founding father, author of Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania, and 14th cousin of poet Emily Dickinson, four times removed, John Dickinson. Early American history professor Jane Calvert asserts John Dickinson was an early feminist influenced by Quaker culture, believing women to be spiritually equal to men and therefore deserving equal religious rights and collecting books that detailed the lives of strong Quaker women.
Today, as well as the birthday in 1837 of African-American politician James T. Rapier, in 1850 of Scottish novelist Robert Louis Stevenson, in 1856 of American Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis, in 1897 of American actress Gertrude Olmsted, in 1911 of the first African-American coach in Major League Baseball, Buck O'Neill, in 1913 of American actress Helen Mack, in 1922 of Canadian actress Madeline Sherwood, in 1934 of American TV writer Gary Marshall, in 1938 of American actress Jean Seberg, in 1951 of American rock drummer Bill Gibson, and in 1967 of American TV host Jimmy Kimmel. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the eighth official week of autumn and to the 45th week of 2023.